Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. And welcome to episode 5 of Yarns from the Plain. How are you? I'm keeping okay. It's been half term this week, so I've been at home. Um, not done all of the schoolwork I should have done, but uh, had a good go. And I thought, well, I'll take a break today and I'll get the episode done earlier and see if I can get it up a little bit earlier. Lily's keeping me company today. She's sat on my shoulder, so if you hear any strange noises, It'll be her purring, either that or it'll be her falling onto the laptop and me swearing, so I'll try very hard not to. Uh, but I have noticed this week her back legs are getting particularly wobbly, so hopefully she'll stay intact, perched on my shoulder like some kind of parrot, but uh, if she doesn't, I do apologise in advance for that. So I hope you're all keeping well. I've had some nice feedback from uh, the last episode. It seemed that... Uh, Land of My Fathers struck a chord with a number of you. I do apologise for not even attempting the Welsh pronunciation, but I really don't want to offend people. So I've had a number of people contact since the, the last show, or possibly they monitor them might be just as the last show was going up. So um, I'd like to say hello to a shiny new thing from Britain who tells me that uh, I mentioned Stash as being a, a stockist of Soctopus um, in Stash in Putney and they had now actually closed which I hadn't realised so that was rather sad Hello to Anne-Marie who lives alongside the Hudson River uh, Lydia from Australia Crochet Star from Ohio Jack's Grandma from Washington State Nitopotamus I love that name Nitopotamus from New Zealand um, Taffophile from Canberra uh, Hotter Than from Buckinghamshire so that's quite close to where I come from uh, Roseanne from Minneapolis who tells me that rugby is alive and well in her corner of the world because her 17-year-old daughter plays it, which I just love. I love the concept that, that there is this game that was essentially sort of developed in the public schools of England being played by teenage girls in the States. I just I think that's fantastic. Uh, Vendredi, who is from California, and Nerdy Girl from Washington State, who contacted me to say that she started her podcast about the same time as I did. Um, her podcast is called Life of a Nerdy Girl. Nerdy's got two U's in it, just to confuse you. But uh, I had a little listen, and I quite enjoyed it, so that was good. Um, but yes, lots of sort of positive rugby feedback. I have to say that first match that I went and watched after I'd um, finished editing the show didn't really go as well um, as it could have done. And last week's match uh, against Scotland was an absolute corker, although I actually missed it, which was um, a bit of a tragedy. Um, I was down at my mum and dad's and just didn't watch it. We sort of were, were too busy chatting on, I think, and I was too busy knitting, and then sort of suddenly the moment was gone. But four minutes before the end, Wales were trailing Scotland by ten points, and... Uh, finish the goal, uh, the the match, 31-24. So, you know, it must have been a cork in four minutes, wasn't it? So, what's been happening this week? Well, today, is a dist- I will tell you about what's been happening in the last fortnight, but today I got very excited. The postman, or the post lady, I should say, knocked and arrived with a big squadgy parcel. Now, I've had quite a few parcels coming in over the last couple of weeks because I've um, been buying some yarn that other people are de-stashing and um, I'm in 
um, a blanket block swap, which I'll tell you about in a moment, and um, obviously the blanket squares for my shallow blanket for my friends. Um, twins are coming in thick and fast, but this one looked unusually large and squadgy. And when I opened it, ta-da! It is my plastic fantastic scarf. Found its way back home again, which is absolutely delightful. And I have to say, the instructions that I wrote um, in the book that I sent off with it were to basically ask people to make their eyeballs bleed with everything that they added. I'd ask them to do one row at a time of different acrylic novelty yarns and they have done me proud uh, there is actually one of those is it called tiddly pom or there's something like this one of these new yarns that's basically pom-pom fluff held together with string so when you knit it each little ball of pom-pom sort of sticks out and uh, Corinne has done two rows of that so it has a row of purple pom-poms that runs right down the middle of it. It is just gorgeous. It is nine foot of acrylic madness that can only truly be appreciated by eight-year-old children. So it is going to go into school with me for you know any cold weather that there may be coming up. But it is just wonderful. It's just absolutely bonkers. Uh, and I'll put some photos up and some links on it. It's got quite a sad tail actually, not my scarf but some of the others. Unfortunately the um, sort of scarf journey did grind to a halt um, with a number of scarves getting stuck in one location which is a real shame. Um, so only three of the scarves have, well two scarves have got home, mine and somebody else's and then the girl behind me hopefully will get hers, hers will arrive soon or should arrive soon. Um, so it's sort of fallen a bit flat but I have to say the end result is six zillion times better and more attractive than I actually thought possible and if someone had said to me right I'm going to knit a scarf using 25 different novelty yarns well you just shudder don't you but it's just actually I'm really really pleased with it it is just totally tacky and tasteless and lovely and I absolutely adore it so I was out galloping around the garden taking photographs earlier so uh, my neighbours probably think I've lost the plot entirely but hey ho what else is new so that that's that the other bit that the other knitting that's well that isn't knitting is it I mean I've not been knitting on that one since September but um, the other thing that I've been doing particularly this week is knitting on Ravelympics or Knitting Olympics projects um, if you are a member of Ravelry you're probably aware that the Ravelympics is currently running alongside the Winter Olympics in Vancouver. Uh, the idea is to jump in and enter events for different categories of metal. So you can have sweaters, mittens, um, finishing off your any works in progress that you've been got hanging around for a while. Um, the idea is you start when the torch is lit on the 12th of February and you finish um, as or before or on the closing ceremony on the 28th of February so uh, quite a bit of challenge in there the yarn harlot is also um, keeping an eye over the knitting Olympics which I think there is a, a distinct difference between the two the Rav Olympics is very much a, a hullabaloo you join in you hopelessly overcommit yourself to trying 16 different projects in 17 days which you know just aren't going to get finished um, you can put in finishing up um, works in progress you can actually there's a, an event for frogging things that you haven't had the heart to frog before which I think is quite 
that's an easy one to get, isn't it? I could frog quite a lot of my stuff at times. Um, whereas the Knitting Olympics that the Yarn Harlot first um, ran in conjunction with the Turing Games four years ago is very much a one-project competition. You pick something that will be a challenge to complete within the seven, uh, 17 days of the Olympics, and you just work on that. None of this flitting about all sorts of different projects. So, of course, me being me, I've kind of signed up for both of them. Um, I don't quite know if I'm cheating having a sweater that in the Rap Olympics and in the Knitting Olympics for the Harlot, but the lure of trying to win a gold medal designed by Franklin Hallett is just too strong to resist, really. So uh, I have. That project is um, going to be a tunic sweater with a cowl neck. It's a quite long line, hopefully, to cover my ample derriere. That's going to be the one I think I mentioned it, the yarn that I picked up at the Creative Stitchcraft Show in Manchester a couple of weeks back. It's alternate stripes of a chocolate brown tweed in Debbie Bliss, Donegal, Aaron Tweed and um, Noro Crayon Shade 124, which is pinks and purples and some blues in there, which tone almost to the same shade as the, the browns, but not quite in a good strong light. You can see them. I've done the back. Did virtually all the back last weekend when I was at my parents. I'm chugging up the front now. If I can break the front this weekend, then there is a chance I could, I suppose, finish it by the end of next weekend. You know, RSI notwithstanding. And then, because I'm a member in the Rav Olympics, I've joined Team Posh. Um, I am having a, a bash at some colour work mittens in Posh on Emily. I don't think they do Emily anymore. Um, although Carriad Yarns, the wholesale equivalent, I think, do, do I think they're Flinchibay, Flimshibay, not sure. I think that could be Emily. Um, it's a very squidgy yarn, it's lovely, very nice and squishy. So I'm making the Northman Mittens by David Schultz, which are absolutely delightful. So I'm doing them in two shades of Emily. One is purpley blue called Duchess and one is a greeny yellow called Ripen. Um, the Ripen's been in my stash for probably about three years um, because I bought a, a lot of Emily back in 2007. I kept falling in love with all sorts of different colours and getting that seven o'clock hit, you know, when you hit it, the, the buy now button and succeed buying Posh. I don't know if any of you have ever bought anything from Posh Yarn, but the sales are at set times at seven o'clock on a Sunday evening, British time. And so everyone who wants to buy basically has to be there with their fingers ready over their mouse to click away and see if they can score some posh um, in the posh sale. It, it's, I think that's probably their unique selling point and it really is, um, it gets quite feverish at times. Now whether I'm going to finish these mittens to the letter it remains to be seen. I'm possibly halfway up the first mitten. It's going really well. I'm really pleased with how well it's going. I've got gauge on my first attempt um, with the right size needle which is a bit of a novelty. But I can't find an, um, a third yarn to do the lining with that I can get the right gauge on. Uh, and I'm actually seriously wondering, they're already quite warm. Emily is a squishy, warm yarn with angora and lamb's wool in it. It's effectively two layers because of the colour work with all the floats behind. Do I need a third layer of yarn in these mittens? Or will I actually only get one day's worth of wear out of them a year with that? So I'm pondering that at the moment. I'll talk more about the pattern actually later on in the review because I'm going to review the pattern. Uh, I've not done a specific pattern review before, so I'll try that. And 
as I mentioned earlier, um, I've had lots of parcels this week as lots and lots of the um, Shiloh blanket squares come in. So I've got now three that I made myself um, and another 28 have got their way to me. Some are from people I know from Knit Group. A girl from Knit Group's done three for me now, beautiful, um, in cotton, in shades of blues and greens. An old adversary from Sock Wars, um, Scarlatti, she's done some for me. And then a lot of them have come from America, including from Tammany, the lady whose original blanket started the, the whole project off. And they're beautiful. They're really nice. So I'm now at the point where I need to start thinking about how I'm going to join them together. I took them a, a box of them along to Knit Group last night and had a chat with Rihanna, who is skilled at these things. Um, and we've decided that actually doing a border in one colour that will bring all of the squares together, so crocheting a border around each square um, and fixing it so that hopefully I'll have the same number of crochet stitches along each edge and then crochet them together. That will give it a nice sturdy join that will hold up well and uh, won't fall apart under sort of heavy duty family wear. That seems to have covered an awful lot of what's on my hooks and needles, um, doesn't it really? Mentioning the Ravalympics, that's what a lot of them working on. But what I've actually done in between um, working on the mittens and the gloves this week and last week in the run-up to the opening ceremony, I've been working on some squares for blankets, finishing up another couple for a Shiner blanket that I promised that need to get in the post really today or tomorrow um, in blues and purples. They're based on Tilting at Windmills, which is a Woolly Thoughts design. Um, I don't know if you've if I mentioned Woolly Thoughts before. I think Woolly Thoughts are fantastic. Um, it's Pat Ashworth and Steve Plummer. They're a couple of maths teachers, or I think they're retired maths teachers now, um, who are fascinated with mathematical patterns and the way they can be represented in yarn. Um, tilting with windmills is probably, or tilting at windmills, sorry, is the first Afghan I ever saw of theirs. And it's all based on simple garter stitch triangles done in two shades. Here I've used the purple and the blue. In their original Afghan, it was a solid um, dark colour and then different contrasting lighter colours. And depending on how you arrange them depends on what patterns you can see in there. So it's an interesting point for discussion about whether the um, patterns are um, congruent, identical, similar, um, depending on how mathematical you want to look at it, whether you're looking at the colour or whether you're just looking at the shapes that are produced. I've diverted into geek, geek here, haven't I? Never mind. Um, anyway, all I've done is I've knit one 8x8 square. That is just two colours. I start at the corner knit in the purple to the widest point, change to the blue, and then decrease back down again to one point. The other is made up of four smaller squares, each four inches by four inches, and I've just sewn those together to make a, a little windmill pattern with the one colour in the middle. I think it's the purple. I think it's the purple in the middle. How silly is it that I can't remember, and I'm only on the other side of the room from it. Never mind. Anyway, um, I do like their... 
um, patterns and they're, they're very soothing to Nick's. It's just garter stitch, it's nice and straightforward. Um, I'm also working, um, I did that with Lion Brand Woolies, which I do like using that. It's a really nice yarn actually. Um, the other thing I'm using lots of Lion Brand Woolies for are some 12 by 12 squares for an exchange called the Not Your Ordinary Block Exchange. Um, I don't know why it's out of the ordinary because they, I mean, I'm not saying that they're not delightful blocks. They are, but I don't know why why it's different from any other block exchange um, that may take place. But the idea is that you get into groups of 12 and you make 12 squares on an agreed colour scheme and you keep one and you mail the other 11 out. Um, I took part in round four last year and have plenty of squares using different shades of browns and naturals. This year um, I've joined the earth groups so that means it's greens and browns and what I'm planning to do is amalgamate them to make a very large afghan in browns, greens and naturals. So I've been working on those. Uh, I've got one finished, one set of four um, of the tilting at windmills squares done in greens and browns that need to be seen together and then two that are crocheted part way through and need to be finished and have kind of been put to one side whilst I've been knitting on the uh, mittens and the jumper but you know so hang me. Um, I think <laughs> if you've listened now through uh, this is the fifth episode you will probably have noticed that I have the knitterly equivalent of um, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder uh, and I really can't hold uh, attention on something for too long you know but hey I knit for relaxation and if I choose to knit on 17 different things at once that really is my decision. Just sometimes it might feel like I'm losing control out of everything but most of the time I can handle it. It's not a problem. Actually I do admire people who can monogamously knit um, on one item from start to finish and, and go through. I you know, sometimes I think it would be nice to be like that because you'd probably get more finished objects out of the way. But I think I'm probably more of a process knitter than a product knitter. So as long as I'm knitting, I could be knitting recycled carrier bags really. And I don't mind as long as I've got that soothing action in my hands, I think. So that's it for sort of what I'm working on at the moment. On to the review. So the pattern is Northman Mittens by David Schultz of Southern Cross Fibres, he's Australian, and this pattern is a pattern for a set of lined mittens uh, in a Nordic style, um, colour work, worked in the round um, with nice pointy hands and a pointy thumb, which uh, are sort of quite traditional in um, style and remind me a lot of um, mittens from Selby Votter. Um, which is a lovely book about Selby mittens, um, which is a, a style of knitting that was generated in Norway. I'm not sure if it was about 100 years ago, maybe a little bit longer. These mittens come in three sizes, three adult sizes, small, medium and large, um, to fit um, a hand circumference, excluding the thumb, of seven and a half, uh, eight and a quarter or nine inches. But because their lines are obviously a little bit bigger than that, um, they are designed to be knit in a DK weight yarn. Um, he uses Barocco Ultra Alpaca um, and Blue Sky Alpaca's melange for the lining. These aren't yarns that I'm familiar with at all. But 
the nice thing about the Emily is it is heavier than fingering, although it's not quite DK weight, coupled with the fact that I generally need to go down a needle size to get gauge um, because I'm quite loose. It fits quite nicely in with this gauge, um, so that's perfect. They have a pattern around the cuff, a nice little simple cross pattern on the palm, and then a snowflake pattern on the back of the hand with two full snowflakes, uh, two half snowflakes either side and two quarter snowflakes at the bottom. So they appeal to my sense of the traditional, even though this pattern was only published last month. It's it just got that nice traditional feel to it. They are, he, he states within the acknowledgements for the pattern, uh, David states that um, he owes special thanks to Adrian Basilia for encouraging him to design the mittens and test knitting them and using, uh, letting him use her squirrel sampler mittens pattern as a template. Now I'm not familiar with those mittens but I am familiar with um, Adrian Basilia's work. She um, designed the Irish hiking scarf and fiddlehead mittens which um, are another nice colour work um, set. So they're it's sort of from a mitten pedigree, if you like. Um, the knit from the bottom up, when you've completed the outer shell, you then pick up stitches around the cuff and knit the lining and then turn it inside out and sort of post it, if you like, inside um, the mitten. So obviously you get on better if you can knit two-handed um, for your colour work. You don't have to, but... Uh, you know, I think it's probably easier, having tried before I could do it, to do um, ziggy socks with both yarns in one hand. It was driving me demented, whereas if you have one in each hand, they never, ever get tangled. So it's nice and straightforward. The pattern is um, well written, um, although it has minimal instructions for the actual pattern. It's entirely based on charts. So if you can't read charts, you would struggle to actually knit these mittens but I think the, the charts are very straightforward um, because he has actually because they are done colour work in the round it's all knitting stitches it's just a case of whether you knit in your main colour or your contrast colour what I like about the pattern is that he's included a double set of charts so he's included a chart each for there's a chart for the left hand mitten a chart for the right hand mitten so there's none of that worker left mitten exactly the same but reverse the shaping. Oh, hate that. Um, so, you know, top marks, David, you've put in a chart for your left mitten and a chart for the right mitten, so the silly amongst us like me don't get in a muzzle. That's always handy. Um, but what I do like is he's put in a double set of, of charts, as I said. So there is a left and a right mitten chart if your background is dark, and then a left and a right mitten chart if your background is light. Now, to some people, that would be totally unnecessary. But for a dork like me, that's really, really handy because I have actually tried to do colour work in the past where I've reversed the colours. So I've got the dark where the chart has the light. And it's fine to start with because you know mentally when you see a white square, you're not using your light yarn, you're using your dark yarn. But then when you put it down... And you haven't gone back to it for three days because you've been busy and life's taken over. And then you pick it up and then you inadvertently use your light yarn for the light squares on the pattern. Oh, it's a nightmare. It is a nightmare and I have done that and it's horrible. So full marks to David for actually including 
firstly a chart for each mitten and then secondly a chart for whichever combination you decide to do so you know a light motif on a dark background or a dark motif on a light background they're all there he's covered all bases so you can't possibly cock up with that you know nothing can be blamed on him I have to say I, I think he's an absolutely smashing bloke because I looked at the gauge when I was trying to get gauge for the lining um, and the gauge for the size that I want to do in the main um, mitten the outer shell of the mitten the gauge I need is um, seven stitches per inch and the lining has a gauge of 5.5 .5 stitches per inch now you pick up the lining at the cuff and so you have the same number of stitches at the start and I'd read through the pattern several times and as I was looking at it I kept thinking but if you only have five and a half stitches per inch in your lining for your 58 stitches your lining is going to be bigger physically than your outer shell so surely when you shove it in there it's going to be really really wrinkled so I read the pattern through like I said I'd already read it through a couple of times before it occurred to me and then I read it through three more times after and I still I was very very concerned so I actually dropped him a message on Ravelry and the bloke's a real charmer because he he went back and said you know you're absolutely right your maths is absolutely right but I think you've overlooked um, the part of the pattern that says in the lining and I quote not his email but I actually quote the, the pattern this is the bit for the lining with right side of mitten facing and starting on the thumb side edge pick up and knit 58 stitches from the pearl bump immediately below the braid rows right I'd got that bit I'd knit this, this bit join into round got that bit I'd miss this one that said knit one knit two together knit three five times knit two together knit one repeat from star 46 stitches now I had looked at this pattern four or five times and every time I'd looked at it I had managed to go my eyes had slid right over that part and completely failed to notice I was decreasing eight stitches in the lining so therefore the fact that the gauge was different wasn't a problem I'd still end up with a lining that would fit inside the outer shell but he was really sweet because he, he sort of mentioned that he thought I'd probably overlooked that part in the pattern um, but there was no condescension no oh you idiotic woman you decrease it within the the lining he was just really sweet I knew it would be a reader error it was bound to be a reader error everything else about the pattern was too well written I thought to to actually warrant ending up with a, a lining that was bigger than your outer mitten uh, and it was it was me um, so I'm thoroughly enjoying knitting it I have found no problems with the charts no problems with the instructions uh, written or otherwise apart from anything caused by my inability to read them and um, I think it's really good there's patterns uh, pictures of three different versions of the mittens so that you can see what they look like with the motif a light motif on a dark background a dark motif on a light background um, and then the sample that Adrian Basilia uh, knitted up have actually got a third and possibly a fourth colour actually um, introduced into the cuff so that you can see what it would look like if you decided to do your cuff in a different pattern colour pattern to the main part of your mitten the one picture that I would have liked within the pattern 
that isn't there is a close-up of where exactly you picked those stitches up underneath the braid rows when you were coming to pick up the stitches of the lining. Um, there's a photograph of the lining of the mittens pulled out from the inside of one set, and you can see it, but that bit's out of focus. Um, however, I have been able to find um, a picture that somebody else has put up um, of their mitten, so that shows it me exactly. So if I do decide to pick up for a lining and knit a lining in it, I'll know exactly where to put the lining. So that's brilliant. So that's the the Northman mittens by David Schultz. They're available as a download from Ravelry for a price in, in US dollars of $5.95. So that's $5.95. Not quite sure what that equates to um, in sterling at the moment. Probably around about £3.54 maybe. If you've never knitted a set of colourwork mittens, a full-size pair of colourwork mittens before, which I never have, I don't think you could do worse than start with this one. It's nice and straightforward. My one piece of advice to you would be have yourself a highlighter pen. Every row I've done on the main part of the mitten, I've then gone through it with a highlighter pen so I know where I'm up to. Um, you know, this is colour work for idiots after all. So let's finish off with something I really like. <laughs> a lot of contenders there could be this week. Watching people throw hurl themselves down mountains on tea trays. Oh, sorry, uh, luge or skeleton bob, both of which look utterly terrifying. In fact, actually, I've decided that the Apart from the curling, the majority of winter sports look utterly terrifying to me uh, and are best enjoyed from the comfort of my armchair. But actually that's not what I'm picking today. Um, what I'm going to pick as my something I really like today is independently hand-dyed yarn. Um, working with the Posh Yarn Emily, I had forgotten how nice it was to work with hand-dye. Um, that just something every now and again will just come in and it will surprise you, take you by surprise. It's not what you expect. There'll be little flecks of colours, even in the semi-solids, that just work gorgeously together. A lot of the knitting I've done this year has been on manufactured yarn, and that's absolutely fine. I don't think you can beat German manufactured yarn for socks, for hard-wearingness. I think it's brilliant. For all of the blanket squares I've been doing, the vast majority of them I've used Lion Brand Woolies, which is washable, it's soft, it's something like 75-80% acrylic, that's fine. And again, brilliant for the purpose, you know, you can chuck it in the washing machine, you know, if it's got baby sick on it, or, you know, you've spilt something on it, or, or whatever, and it's absolutely great. But working with the Emily has reminded me how much I really enjoy working with these hand-dyed yarns. So, that's kind of that that's my something I really like. But I'm actually going to throw this open to you now. What independently hand dyed yarn do you really like? You know, if there's something out there that you think is an absolute gem and that you don't think enough people know about it, then please contact me. Either on Ravelry or leave me a message over at either the uh, yarn from the plain dot podsbean dot com site or the yarns from the plane dot blogspot dot com site leave me a message over there on either of the show notes and just give me a sh let me give a, a shout out for these independent dyers that make your heart sing every time you pick up a, a skein of their yarn does it posh yarn does it for me you know every time um, I've mentioned knitting goddess before now um, crafty koala is another that just 
wonderful zingy colours so that if it's a grey day outside I just gather up the yarn that I've got of hers and you know stroke it and look at it and it's just lovely so please contact me let me know and let's talk about these delightful yarns anyway that's bringing us up to uh, just over the half hour mark so by the time I've edited out my ums and ahs we might be down to half an hour um, thank you very much for listening I look forward to you joining me soon. Bye! You've been listening to Yarns from the Plain. Show notes and links are available at the Yarns from the Plain show page at yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com If you'd like to contact the show, you can leave a comment over there on the show page, or you can email me at yarnsfromtheplain at googlemail.com or message me on Ravelry, where I'm Tales from the Plain. Until next time, take care, and thanks for listening.